Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Real Relationship Talk. I am your host, Dana Shea, and I am so happy that you are here on the podcast today. We are going to continue our Marriage Vow series today. We are at episode 60, and today we are talking all about for better or for worse. I have so much to say about this topic, and this is going to be a really, hopefully, encouraging episode for some of you who are on the brink. If you right now are contemplating divorce, if you right now feel like you are at the end of your rope, you have taken all you can take, you have put up with as much as you want to put up with, or maybe you're just done. You're just holding on, maybe just waiting out the legal process until you can officially call it quits. This episode today is intended to remind you of the vows that you took. And hopefully it will give you some much needed encouragement. Maybe you're not on the brink. Maybe you aren't at the end of your rope, but you've questioned your own marriage. Or maybe you've watched someone that you love struggle and you want to know how much more should they take. Today, we're going to talk about the part of the marriage vows that says from this day forward for better or for worse. So thanks for being here today. I don't want to delay any longer. Let's go ahead and get into today's episode. You know, I never really set out to be a marriage coach. I never really thought about all of the couples that God would bring into our lives and all of the couples that I would have the privilege of sitting with, whether it be in person or whether I've done virtual coaching throughout the years, God has always brought people to me, to me and Sean, who have been at the end of their rope. It's like if you have the most ratchetous, if that's even a word, if you have the most ratchetous marriage, go see Dana. And I used to question that. I used to be like, Lord, really? Like, I don't have anything to give. But the Lord reminded me, That when he brought me and Sean out of our lowest pit, when he brought us back from the brink of divorce, when he brought us back from a hopeless and really a dead marriage, it wasn't just so that we would have this amazing story, but it was so that our story would give life to other people. And I'm just amazed at not only what God has done in me, but what God has done in some of the couples that we have had the privilege of ministering to. And it's not by our means. We certainly do not take any credit because we couldn't even save ourselves, let alone trying to save somebody else. But I do appreciate the fact that God uses our mess to give other people hope. And that's what this episode is going to be, hopefully, for you today or, again, for someone that you know We're talking today about for better or for worse. This is one of the more popular phrases in the traditional marriage vows, but it is also the phrase that gets broken time and time again. Every time a couple divorces, this covenant breaks. Every time a couple divorces, these vows end up meaning nothing. And I want to talk to you all today, just straight from my heart, as I I always try to do, But today, I just really feel such a burden that there are people who are listening right now who this is it. You're like, this is this is my last shot. This is my last ditch effort. And I'm done. And listen, I understand that 
Believe me. You know, it's interesting when I hear these couples who have been married for like 20, 30, 40 years, and they're like, we never considered divorce. And I'm like, well, praise the Lord for you. But I consider divorce every day for years, literally for years. And it's nothing but the grace of God that Sean and I are still together. So what does it mean from this day forward? If you've been listening to the other episodes in this series, you know that we have actually gone through the marriage vows line by line, literally word for word. We started off talking about just the sacredness of marriage. When when the officiant says we are gathered together before the sight of God, even non-religious ceremonies, a lot of times we'll still have that phrasing in there. And then we talked about what does it mean to be legally and financially in covenant with someone. And then on last week's episode, we talked about to have and to hold. And I know that that threw some of you for a loop because you were not thinking that that's what to have and to hold meant. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you have to go back and listen to episode 59. Well, today we're continuing and we're going to pick up the phrasing at from this day forward. Now, that doesn't take a lot of foresight, knowledge, wisdom to know what from this day forward means. From this day forward means from this day forward, from this day till every day, from this day to forever. There is an eternal covenant that is being made. And that is why when you exchange rings, rings are not just so you can have some new bling bling. Rings signify the eternal covenant. A ring is a circle and a circle has no beginning and it has no end. The ring also signifies the unity that the couple has. That's why both spouses get rings. And so it is, I'm coming to the end of myself and I am now joining together with you and together we are going to be in this covenant from this day forward. Marriage was always intended to be permanent. Marriage was always intended to be in this lifetime. I don't really say forever per se, because technically, if we really want to look at the theology of it all, you're not going to be married to your spouse forever. The Bible says that in heaven, there is no giving of marriage. We're not going to be married to our spouses in heaven. For some of you, you're like, praise the Lord. For <laughs> for others of you, you're like, oh man, I really like my spouse. But the truth is, from this day forward is for this lifetime until you close your eyes, until death do us part, right? And of course, that's uh, the, the ending of the marriage vows. But this is kind of the precursor, right? To have and to hold from this day forward for better or for worse. And sometimes we need to just meditate on those four words, for better, for worse, for better, for worse. The late columnist Doug Larson said more marriages might survive if the partners realize that sometimes the better comes after the worse. And I love that. I completely agree. It's so easy to see your problems in front of you. It's so easy to look at all of the issues in your marriage, to look at all the reasons why you should have never married your spouse, to look at all of the disappointments, all of the unmet expectations. But it's really hard to look beyond those things and to see a hope for a brighter future. Sometimes we we get so disappointed that we don't even want to hope. 
I was talking to a couple a couple years ago, and I remember this couple. They, To me, they had all the potential in the world. I knew that they were facing some significant challenges in their marriage, but I could totally see the potential in this couple. I saw that the love that brought them two together, it still was there. It was hanging on by a thin thread, but it was still there. And I remember telling this couple, you guys are going to make it through this. And I'm looking at them face to face. I'm looking at them. And my my face, I could feel it. I, I was so full of like hope. And I looked back at them and their faces, their eyes were completely empty. They had no hope. They didn't even want to try to believe again. And unfortunately, they did divorce. This episode is not meant to put anyone on a guilt trip. If you've been divorced, I am never going to condemn you. If you've been divorced, I am never going to shame you. I am never going to tell you you shouldn't have and, oh, you should have tried harder. Listen, it's done. You're divorced. You can't change it now. But for those of you who haven't yet made that choice, let me help you to have some hope. More marriages might survive if the partners realize that sometimes the better comes after the worse. This is similar to that very famous phrase that it's always darkest before the dawn. And if you have ever awakened the dawn, if you've ever woken up to a sunrise, you know that right before it gets light is the time that it's the most dark. And that's also the time that most couples give up. It's literally right when they were about to have a breakthrough, right when somebody's heart was about to change, right when a revelation was about to hit that marriage and that marriage could have been saved So many couples give up in that moment. And what I'm telling you all today is that if we're going to take our marriage vows seriously, we have got to come to an understanding that what we say out of our mouths matters. This is not just a good idea. This is not just a, I hope so. If it all works out, I'm going to say these things. We are literally committing and making a covenant before God our spouse, and everybody else in that room from this day forward for better, for worse. Now, let's talk about what I am not saying. I understand that there are times that divorce is inevitable. I understand that there are times when you have to make that very difficult decision. And I know that most people do not enter into divorce lightly. I know that divorce is not a process that really anybody would choose to walk through, especially if you have children involved, especially if there's still love in your heart for that person. I am not at all trivializing divorce. And and like I said, I understand that there are times When that decision has to be made, I like to call it the three A's. And in my humble opinion, and also from my understanding of the word of God, I do not believe for a Christian there are any other qualifiers for divorce than these three A's. The first A is abuse. Physical abuse. It is very difficult to justify staying in a marriage with someone who is physically abusing you. Many people do it, not just women either. 
There are men who are being physically abused by their wives and they justify it. Some of them don't want to look like punks. They don't want to look weak. They don't want anybody to know that their wives are actually beating them up. Some women don't want anyone to know. They feel embarrassed. They feel shamed. A lot of women feel like they can change their abusive husbands. They feel like if they just, you know, make them happy or if they just don't do whatever it is that makes them so upset. I'm here to tell you that those situations rarely change. Now, I know that there's going to be somebody who's listening to this podcast like, yeah, but my uncle, he used to beat my aunt and he changed. Oh, my grandfather. Okay, I get it. There are times that abusers can change. I'm not ever going to say that somebody can't change. What I am saying is that if you feel led to divorce your spouse because of abuse, please do not feel guilty about that. The Bible says in Malachi 2.14, It says, the Lord has been a witness between you and the wife of your youth against whom you have dealt treacherously, though she is your companion and your wife by covenant. That word treacherous, I can't even say it, treacherously, it means unstable. The dictionary defines it as unsafe, dangerous, marked by hidden dangers. It can also mean unfaithful. And so, no, there is not a scripture in the Bible that says if you're being abused, you can get divorced. But we also know the heart of the father. We also know that, again, this is Old Testament, too, in the book of Malachi, that it says you are not to deal treacherously with your wife. Abuse is not okay. It can never be justified. If there is a Christian spouse who's trying to justify abuse, they are 100% wrong 100% of the time. So if you are being physically abused, I would tell you, you do not have to stay in that abusive marriage. Too many Christian women, especially, have been told by religious leaders that they need to stay and pray, and many of them have been killed while they're staying and praying. I do not believe that that is God's will for your life. So again, if you're being abused, you need to leave. Now, of course, there's always the question, what if I'm being emotionally abused? What if I'm being verbally abused? And those are those are hard situations. But what I will say is that Sometimes, y'all, and can I just be real with y'all, sometimes people take the emotional abuse thing and they're like, you know, my spouse is manipulative or my spouse is a narcissist. And so that gives me liberty to divorce. Listen, those are character flaws that need to be worked out and they need to be covered under the blood of Jesus. That spouse needs a revelation with the Lord. I don't see any biblical mandate or even biblical suggestion that that would qualify for a Christian to get divorced. Now, if you're not a Christian, none of this matters to you anyway. You're not under the the word of God. You haven't submitted yourself to the word of God. So you operate by a different set of rules. But I'm talking to those who have made Jesus Christ the Lord of their lives. For those who have said, yes, Lord, I will follow you. We live by a different set of standards, you all. We just do. And what modern culture says is okay isn't always okay for us. Everything that we do, we have to measure it under what does the word of God say. And if you don't know the word of God, you need to be reading it. And you need to submit yourselves to godly leaders who can help you to understand the wisdom found in the pages of scripture so that you do not derail your life. 
I hope you're hearing me on that. What I'm not saying is that you should be in a situation where you're being called all kinds of names and you are, you know, being uh, manipulated to the point of it being unsafe. What I am saying, though, is you need to look at your situation if you're not being physically abused and ask yourself, am I am I safe here? Not just am I uncomfortable because y'all real talk, I'm going to be I'm always going to keep it real with you. Sometimes we're just uncomfortable in our situations and we want to get out. And we will try to find every loophole to get out of that situation. Oh my gosh, my husband told me that I was fat. Oh my gosh, my husband doesn't seem attracted to me. Oh my gosh, my wife is manipulative. Oh my goodness, my husband has some emotional tendencies. I need to get out. Maybe not. Maybe the Lord is allowing you to go through a season of pain because he wants to be something to you in your pain. This is not a popular message. I know some of y'all are like, I'm going to turn her off. But I'm going to tell you the truth. Every opportunity that I get, sometimes, you guys, we need to understand that God is not in the business of making us happy. He is in the business of making us holy. And if he has to use circumstances to do that, he will do that. He's not a mean God. He is not a vengeful God. He is not an uncaring, non-compassionate God. He's actually the opposite of all of that. But he also does not control human will. Sometimes we get married to people we never should have gotten married to. And then we experience the fallout of those decisions. And God is there to help us get clarity. He is there to show us that in our weakness, he is strong. He is there. Oftentimes, we are perfectly positioned for a miracle if we would trust God. So I have a lot that I could say about verbal and emotional abuse. Again, what I'm not saying is that it's okay and you need to just look the other way. And, oh my gosh, Dana Shea said that we stay here. I haven't told you to stay. What I've said is that you need to be really careful about using that under the abuse category and qualifying that for divorce. There is a difference between separation and divorce. Obviously, we know that. Sometimes a separation is needed. Sometimes therapy is needed. So I'm not going to beat that horse any longer. Let's go to the second A, which is affairs. Okay, these are some of the reasons why I believe the Bible says that divorce is permissible affairs. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, for marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure for God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. God's design for marriage is that the marriage bed be kept pure. God's design for marriage is that it is between one man, one woman, not two and three and four people. Okay. And so if your spouse has been unfaithful, you have a biblical quote out, okay? Now, you all know my story. If you don't, go back and listen to these episodes. Sean and I share our story, our testimony in episode three, and we have been through adultery on both sides. We are still married. That is not everybody's story, nor does everyone have to do that, but we survived it. Your marriage can survive infidelity. It can survive an affair. It doesn't always, though. 
There are times when spouses will not change. There are times when what has happened has been so incredibly painful and toxic that you can't move on or you at least you don't feel like you can move on in that relationship. And that is okay. I would never want you to feel shame if you make the decision to divorce because your spouse was unfaithful. I I know the couples that I coach, if they say, listen, this has been too much, we've we've been through this once or twice, it doesn't have to be multiple affairs, it could be one affair. The covenant was broken. And so I'm never going to tell a, a, a spouse to stay in a marriage where there's been infidelity. I will share my story. I will share other people's stories. But at the end of the day, that's a decision that you're going to have to come to grips with with Are you willing to take the chance that this person might never change? This person may never gain your trust back. There's the third A. So we've got abuse. We've got affairs. The third A is abandonment. 1 Corinthians 7.15 says, But if the husband or wife who isn't a believer insists on leaving, let them go. In such cases, the Christian husband or wife is no longer bound to the other, for God has called you to live in peace. Now, Obviously here, Paul is telling the Corinthian church that if you become a Christian and your spouse is like, oh no, I don't like that religious stuff, deuces, I'm out. Let that person go. Okay, you're not legally bound to be in a marriage with that person. Now in modern culture, we've kind of taken this a little further and we've said that even if it's not for religious reasons, if your spouse abandons you, there's even a law um, that protects spouses from abandonment. So if your spouse just ups and leaves, you don't have to go chasing down behind that spouse, tracking them all over these United States, trying to find out where they are. No, if they leave, let them leave. Now again, The caveat is always, if you want to pursue that spouse and if you believe that God is able, God is able, well, then go ahead and do it. No one's going to stop you, but don't make somebody else feel shame or guilt because they didn't make the same decision. So the three A's, reasons why biblically, again, I'm talking biblically, you guys, again, if you don't follow the Bible, don't like the Bible, don't read the Bible, then this obviously doesn't apply to you per se. That's a whole nother conversation, but we won't go there. All right, three A's, abuse, affairs abandonment. So that leaves us with the rest of us or the rest of y'all, because I've been through some of this stuff. Okay. (sighs) What do you do when your spouse is just a jerk and they just won't change? What do you do when you've just fallen out of love with your spouse? What do you do when you just don't like the person anymore? You roll over and you're like, I cannot believe I married this person. What do you do when you're not sexually attracted anymore? What do you do when you fight all the time and you can't agree on anything and you spend so much time arguing and fighting that you think you're actually doing more damage to your children that way than you would be if you were apart? This is when we have to dig our heels in, you guys, and we have to remember our covenants. You see, we don't use the word covenant a lot anymore, and it's actually an old term. But the the, the word covenant, it was more than a promise. The word covenant is a binding agreement. It's a seal, a pledge. It was something that was never, ever to be broken. You know, we used to say, my word is my bond, right? And that meant that what I say, I'm going to do. 
Unfortunately, nowadays, people's word doesn't really mean anything. People make promises and break them all the time. That's why I don't promise anything. My kids are always like, Mom, you know, can we do this? You you promise. And I say, oh, no, 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 no. You've never heard me utter the words I promise. If I say I'm going to do something, I do it. If I don't, I don't. The Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And that's because God understands the seriousness of a covenant, of an oath, of a seal. And if you don't get anything else out of these episodes, the Marriage Vows series, I hope that you are getting the seriousness of the covenant, of this commitment that you are entering into or have entered into when you say, I do. And so I want us to reject passivity. Let's reject it. Let's reject being passive. Let's reject not fighting for our marriages. Let's reject conventional wisdom. Let's reject the culture telling us that you don't deserve that. You can do bad by yourself. Let's reject all of that. Adele wrote a song. I love the song, but the lyrics are jacked. (laughs) Someone like you. There's a lyric in there that says, sometimes it lasts in love and sometimes it hurts instead. And isn't that how so many people live? Like, you know, sometimes it lasts, but you know what? Sometimes it doesn't. And usually, if we're real, the sometimes it doesn't, usually it's not because of those three A's, the abuse, the affairs, or the abandonment. It's usually for reasons that are far less serious than that, for better or for worse. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know if you are crying yourself to sleep every night. I don't know if you're taking medication just to make it through the day. But what I do know is that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think according to the power that works in you. That power is the Holy Spirit. There are too many Christians who are not even praying for their marriages. They're not even relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. They're not even believing God for miracles anymore. And they're wondering why the marriage rate in the church is just as high as the marriage rate outside the church. God is able. Y'all, I never thought my marriage could recover from what it went through. I will be the first person to tell you, I thought, you know what? My marriage is dead. And maybe we can ride it out for a couple more years so these kids grow up a little bit and they can understand what's happening. But I never thought I would have the marriage that I have today. My marriage isn't perfect. Me and Sean still have to contend for our marriage. We still have uh, issues, for sure, for sure. Please do not get me wrong, okay? And I'm a living witness that sometimes the better comes after the worse. So hang in there, sis. Hang in there, brother. Surround yourself with people who believe with you. Surround yourself with people who are going to pray for you and pray for your spouse. Some of y'all need to just get these, quote, friends out of your ears. Some people are not for your good, even if they smile in your face and call you friend. So surround yourself with people who can believe God, who can believe for your marriage, even when you don't believe. My mother, praise the Lord, I know that my marriage was prayed through by that woman. Many others, I'm sure, prayed, but my mom believed in my marriage more than I did. I know 
that she went to the throne of God every day for my marriage. Those are the kinds of people that you need in your life. Against all hope, you need people who are going to pray with and for you. For better, for worse, from this day forward, let's make it happen, you all. Let's honor the covenant that we made. Is it hard? Heck yeah, it's hard. Do you get tired? Yeah. Do you want to quit and throw in the towel? I completely understand. But you can do this. You can do it. With the help of the Holy Spirit, he is going to be the one who does it. He's the restorer, not you, not me, not your coach, not your counselor. It's him. And there have been too many testimonies of his faithfulness for us to forget how good he is. He is not a respecter of persons, and you are not too far gone. So can I pray for you as we close this episode? I like to do this from time to time, and and I'm just feeling led to do it now. So Lord, God, I come before you humbly, Lord God. I come before you, though, full of faith, believing not only because you did it for me, but because faithfulness is who you are. It's in your nature. And I know that you are the God of the impossible, that you do things, Lord, that we can only dream of. Time and time again, you've proven yourself faithful. God, I pray that you would give couples who are listening to me right now, God, give them new strength. Give them new hope. Help them to see, Lord God, that you are able to work all things together for their good. If they love you, if they're called according to your purpose, you're able. There's nothing that is too hard for you. And so, God, I pray that they would put their trust in you, not in themselves, not in their spouses, but that they would put their trust in you. You make all things new. And we're so thankful that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that wraps it up for today's episode. It was a little heavy, a little heavy. I'll have some jokes and laughs for you next week. But I did think that we really needed to really just drill down on this covenant issue for better, for worse. Love you guys. I'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Hello, my name is Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we're the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, check us out, Life After Addiction Podcast, and you can subscribe at lifeaudio.com.